on April 18, 1775, Paul Revere rode from Boston to Lexington to warn of the arrival of British soldiers. He started this ride at a small tavern on Union Street. This tavern's name was the Green Dragon. The Green Dragon Tavern was not only the beginning place of Revere's famous ride, but also the birthplace of American freedom. On this podcast, we will explore what it means to be American and how we can all be protectors of the American freedom our founding fathers fought for. Join us in our journey to rediscover what it means to be Americans. Hello and welcome to uh, our first Green Dragon podcast. I'm your host, Aiden, and I'm joined by my hosts as well, Tom and Jake. Tom and Jake, do you want to introduce yourselves? My name's Tom Tisnick, and Aiden, Jake, and I got together a little while ago and thought that it'd be really awesome to start a podcast. We start talking about things that are important to us as Americans. And so here we are. Yeah, like Tom said, join this podcast in order to discuss the principles, you know, that of freedom that we are uh, can maybe take for granted a lot in in this day and age. Freedom of speech, freedom to bear arms, as we'll discuss later, is under attack. Um, I think it's important to have an outlet in which to discuss, you know, your beliefs. Yeah. I think you know the reason we chose the green, the name the Green Dragon podcast is um you know as we we're going through a lot of the stories of the founding fathers uh, the stories of the starting of our country one of the things we came across was this name of a tavern and this tavern was called the Green Dragon Tavern the Green Dragon Tavern was a place where the founding fathers and the people who founded this great nation they they got together and they shared ideas with each other. And these ideas gave birth to the idea of America, the idea of the revolution. And we believe that it's through these sharing of ideas that we can continue to make our country great. And obviously in the last 20 years, I would say there's been a push to centralize power, centralize the sharing of ideas and take it away from the people when it was the intention of the founding fathers for, you know, every citizen of the United States of America to be involved in the decision making in this country. So the more we become and the more our government becomes centralized and uh, the decisions are taken away from the people, the more we see an imbalance of power. And so in order to give power back to the people, we believe that it's our duty Uh, as American citizens to be able to share ideas. And I think a great way to do that in 2022 is through a podcast. And we see this, you know, across the board, we see, you know, people like Joe Rogan and Ed Milet that have fantastic podcasts that, you know, share great ideas. And we thought, well, why not, why not start a podcast that's based around the founding fathers principles and, you know, bring the conversations that, should be had by the citizens of America back to the citizens of America. So I, I think our, our I think our goal, and maybe you guys could chime in on this. I think our goal with this podcast is to bring those conversations about, to have those discussions, to have discussions with other people, in order to you know rediscover what it means to be Americans and and how we can all kind of participate in the idea of American freedom. As well said, especially since you know. 
in our generation, we're kind of the young patriots who have the duty and responsibility to carry that banner mm-hmm. that our founding fathers gave us. Um, and so I think it's really important that we understand what red, white, and blue really means. All of the our ancestors in a way that fought for this freedom uh, for the past 250 years, you know, and it's something that so many millions of people have fought for and defended and it shows the real value i think of what freedom really means and so and we can only really come to know that freedom and what it means through discussion because discussion is the sharing of ideas to find truth yeah yeah i i I couldn't agree more and and actually the day we're recording this is um September 13th, 2022. So it's uh, just two days after the the memorial 9-11. I think one of the things that struck me this year, especially is, you know, years past, you see a lot of posts for 9-11 and, and remembrance of that, that, that tragic day. And you, and I think, you know, especially, I would say probably the first 10 years after 9-11, there was a lot of patriotism. Um, there was a lot of camaraderie. There was a lot of rallying, you know, together and remembrance of that day. Um, and I think the patriotism displayed on that day was something we hadn't seen in a really long time before that. Um, but, you know, as a, a new generation has kind of come in um, to, you know, be the, I would say probably that, you know, the main participators in the population, especially through social media, um, a lot of them didn't live through 9-11 or were just born on, you know, around right before 9-11. So I don't think a lot of them understand, you know, the devastation that that caused, but also um, the uh, together, uh, the feeling of togetherness that the American people had in that in in those days surrounding 9-11 um the uh the feeling of patriotism in this country and i think that's something that in 22 and 2022 is quite lost um i would say as a nation currently we're quite divided um so i think it's important you know no matter what political background you come from no matter you know what race, religion, it doesn't matter. We're all Americans. And, and that's what the founding fathers, you know, wanted us to realize when they were, you know, founding this great nation is that we're all here. We're all Americans, no matter what background we come from. And we all should have equal opportunity and we should all work together. Um, so I think that's another important note to drive home is that, you know, everybody is welcome um, in America. We just have to work together to make this nation great because the more divided we are, um, you know, the quicker we'll fall. So, yeah. I Um, agree. Yeah. I would say 20 years ago, there was definitely a lot less emphasis on partisanship. mm -hmm. You know, after you watch the videos of the first responders and, Mm -hmm. even george bush at the time we weren't speaking in a um you know partisan manner or searching to blame one party for one party or another for what happened it Mm -hmm. was more um like everyone was americans it wasn't 
he wasn't speaking only to those that he or those in the country that he thought could have prevented it or yeah um just a very very unifying time and it was inspiring to see how they took a tragic situation like that mm-hmm. and used it to make the nation stronger yeah absolutely yeah i think that um you know if i think you know at the point in time we are today i think if we want to you know fix a lot of the issues that are going on in this country a stronger emphasis on being american rather than republican democrat um, or whatever i think is is truly important because you know nothing i mean at the end of the day um there's always going to be a 50 50 split or something close to that in this nation as far as you know your political beliefs and so if everybody split 50 50 then we might as well just you know split up the country 50 50 and start two two new countries right you know that that was that wasn't the purpose and and um and so i think you know we have to work together we have to you know um we have to compromise on certain things and know when to compromise and know when to not compromise depending on you know what the situation requires um but I think with all that being said, I think um, I'm, I'm really excited about this podcast because I think it's a wonderful opportunity for us to share information with you, the listeners, um, to get people on that share these same kind of ideals that our founding fathers had for this nation, uh, to get people on with different ideas, to be able to share those ideas with you so you can learn something new, um, so you can implement it in your life. Uh, so you can, you know, prepare for your future, um, as well as, you know, stay up to date with what's going on with current policies in the government. Cause it seems like every, every day there's a new bill, uh, where they're trying to, you know, <laughs> whether it's, uh, sending another billion dollars, uh, off to some other foreign country like Ukraine, putting us another billion into debt, um, and kind of hanging that over our heads as citizens. Uh, you, know, you, you want to stay on top of that stuff too. And not, not only focus, you want to, you want to be able to focus on the present, but also implement the things from the past that we've, you know, learned over the last 200 plus years. Right. Um, I think that's forgotten a lot too. It's like people forget that, uh, you know, we've, even though we've had a, a comparatively to a lot of other nations, a short history time-wise, you know, we've had a lot happen and we have a lot that we can learn from. We just have to remember all the things we learned from and not forget about them after five, 10 years, you know? Yeah. hundred percent. But yeah, I think um, in general, I think our podcast will run um, in kind of three separate, segments i think we'll kind of have an introduction to every podcast um well also i think try to always give you guys a quick rundown of what's going on currently um politically geopolitically um you know just to keep you up to date with any new bills that have been passed in the u.s you know regarding you know whether it's you know a new spending bill whether it's a new bill regarding your rights, or the Second Amendment, whatever it might be, 
um, keep you up to date to those things, because those are really important things as citizens to understand what's happening in the government, what the government's, you know, what the people that are supposed to be representing you um, are doing. Um, and then also, you know, geopolitically, so you can kind of understand where where we're at as the United States in the world stage, because um, that's becoming more and more port- important, I would say. Um, things are heating up across the globe. We've got a war going on between Ukraine and Russia right now, a potential war going on between Taiwan and China. Ty- you know, the, the Taiwanese are preparing to fight back against the Chinese. The Chinese are rap- ramping up their armies and making alliances with China or Russia. So, I mean, there's a, there's a lot going on geopolitically too. And it's important to understand, I think, all those things as well, just so you can, you know, make the best plans you can for your future. Um, so we'll try to cover that. And I think, you know, our second um, little segment of our podcast, and then t- uh, to kind of hit on our main topic, we'll always try to have one main topic for the podcast. Um, today we'll be speaking about the second amendment and, and why that is important as Americans. Um, but it might, you know, I, I would say guys, maybe you could chime in on this, but I would say we'll try to cover a wide range of topics, whether it's, Second Amendment news, whether it's, uh, you know, uh, getting a guest on to speak about, you know, cryptocurrency, whatever it might be. Um, I don't I don't know if you guys have any other things to add. And I'm kind of blanking at the moment on other topics, but maybe you guys have some ideas. Talking about um, before, like, understanding the, our American identity, what it what we've um built in our history and then what that forms us as people living in the world and the different characteristics of that and then things about our history um just the ideas and the mentality of an american versus another person in the world i think also we were talking about um, different things that we can see that will help the future a lot Um, so those are the few things that were coming to mind to me. Yeah, I I, I think um, you know we've got a lot that we want to talk about, so we'll try to. I think we'll we'll try to cover you know one thing in in as much depth as we can in you know thirty minutes, um, and then if we need to you know bring it back on for a part two to cover more on it, I think we will because there's just some things you you just can't get through in in thirty minutes time, and. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. T- today I was uh, today I was sc- scrolling through uh, Instagram, which I I got off for a while, and then I'm I got back on, and and one of the things that stood out to me today, and and kind of current events and current news, um, was this idea of quiet quitting, and it and it made me it made me kind of chuckle, but also kind of maybe, you know, scared for the future because so apparently quiet quitting is this coined term for uh, not really quitting your job, but instead, you know, kind of half-assing it um, or, or, you know, or not really trying as hard as you should, not putting forth your best effort. And I thought to myself, you know, this nation was founded on people that definitely didn't, half-ass anything and they you know they put their best foot forward they really put in the time and effort to do things everybody that's done great things this issue if you look at you know immigrants whether it's irish immigrants chinese immigrants uh you know italian immigrants 
all of them have all the ones that have worked their way to the top have put in a lot of hard work and effort. They didn't just work a nine to five and say, Oh, it's 5. PM. Let's, let's, you know, shut it down for the day. No, they kept working. Some worked two, three, four jobs, you know, uh, worked 23, maybe 24 hours a day, you know, got a little bit of sleep in the cab while they were driving the cab, you know, from ride to ride. And you look at those people and you want, it made me wonder, where would our nation be if we had this idea of quiet quitting when we first started? Would we, I mean, would we even have made it past something like the Boston Tea Party? Would we even have attempted the Boston Tea Party if everybody involved, you know, was a quiet quitter? Would we have, you know, gone, you know, and fought against a tyrannical government at the time, you know, the British, the, you know, the king? And, um, I would, I would argue, no, probably not. Um, I don't think if, if, if we all had this, you know, quiet, quiet quitting mentality, we probably, I don't, I mean, I don't know what, where we'd be at. I, I I don't even want to think about it because I, I just, you know, I think the great thing about America, at least from my perspective, is that anybody, no matter, you know, where you start in life, you have an opportunity to do something great. And that comes through hard work. And that's the only, that's the only way to success is, is through hard work and dedication. And so this idea now that quiet quitting will get you somewhere. Um, and a lot of people argue it's for mental health and all these other things. I think it's just because we've turned into a, a soft bunch of lazy, you know, lazy bums. Um, quite honestly i think there's just too many people that want to be handed things nowadays i don't know what you guys think about this it it got me really like uh heated when i read it it started off as kind of like oh that's kind of funny and then i started like thinking about it i was like wow this is this is really crazy but yeah I, it was something today i was like i i can't imagine if our next generation gets this like instilled to them that like they can just be a quiet quitter and do the bare minimum to get by in life like where are we going to be at in 20 years? I don't know. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on that. I was just, I had to rant about it a little bit. <laughs> it popped up in yeah. my popped up in my news feed today, and I was like, ooh, <laughs> I, I know what I'm I know what I'm starting the 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 podcast with. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it is definitely a symptom of the instant gratification culture that we mm. live in, where whatever produces the most pleasant emotions sensations in as little amount of time as possible hmm. is the right way according to society yeah so an example of that could be tiktok you know you're scrolling through videos and i'm as guilty of this as anybody else but um you know you don't like a video you scroll to the next one and then just keep on going and going till you find one that works for you um just that I think is a microcosm of that the society in general that like I said has that attitude of you know wanting what we want as quickly as possible right when it comes into our mind uh-huh. and tying back that back into the workplace you know if there's something that doesn't make you feel that way then quiet quit don't uh don't do it yeah you know? so that's just yeah, yeah. i agree I, though that it I, is uh it is a problem yeah 
I, I totally agree with you. I think something that's interesting there, you, you talked about instant gratification. I think like if you look at the last 10 years, especially with the advent or I guess the, the more, the more utilization we have with social media, um, things like streaming services where everything's on demand, you know, whenever you want click of a button, uh, you go and binge a TV show, all this, we become very focused as a country, I think on entertainment. And I feel like entertainment, especially, you know, we were looked at in America as I, I would say probably since like the 1930s or forties as the entertainment, like mogul of the world, like, the U.S. has always had the best movies, you know, the best musicians. I mean, we kind of have had always had the best of everything. You know, other countries love our music, other countries. And that, this isn't like a this isn't like a, you know, we're the best type thing. But like we've been looked at for all these years as, you know, kind of the entertainment moguls of the world. And I think something that's interesting about that is it's it's definitely more so now than it was 20 years ago with the advent of, you know, the internet and all that. Um, but I think something that's inter it, interesting is you look at society and we're, I think this leads into that instant gratification you're talking about. And one of the problems with that is as a society, we become completely focused on entertainment. And I was, I forget where I heard this and I'll have to, I'll have to do my research and maybe I'll put it in the show notes if I can find it. I think it might've been in a book that I read, um, but it was talking about the Roman empire. And when, you know, the Roman empire at its peak, um, right before its fall became very focused on entertainment. And it was kind of um, different from what they've been focused on for years and years and years. They had always been focused on innovation. Uh, you know, they were ahead of their time with um, water transportation, with the aqueducts and all this. I mean, they were, you know, really pioneers at their time of, you know, architecture and art and music and all these different things and, and engineering. I mean, they really were the best of the best at the time. And then they became extremely focused on entertainment and instant gratification. And you see this like during the time period of Nero with, um, you know, the Colosseum and the gladiators and all this stuff. And that was right before the fall of Rome because they became so in, so engaged, so addicted to this entertainment, this instant gratification. They completely lost sight of what made them great, which was innovation. And as soon as they lost sight of innovation, I mean, they just kind of they they gave. I mean, in a sense, they they gave up without knowing, right? Like they kind of they they. They definitely uh, let others, you know, uh, get ahead in the race. And I think you're seeing a lot of the same things. If we look to other countries, you know, America used to have the best of the best, you know, automobiles, everything, right? Technology. But if you look at, you know, what China is doing nowadays, I mean, it's absolutely insane. And, and they're not always doing it in the right way. You know, a lot of times they're taking, you know, they're stealing our information through platforms like TikTok and they're stealing all that information and they're using it to develop things twice as fast as we are. And so, you know, they're kind of playing by their own rules. But um, at the end of the day, I think as a society, we've become completely, I think we've completely lost focus on what's made us, you know, for you know, 
150 years the greatest nation on the planet right um greatest civilization you know arguably of all time i mean if you think about america and what we've been able to achieve in our short very short comparatively history i mean it's absolutely i mean we are the greatest nation ever in history just from a pure you know innovation standpoint what we've been able to do in this you know even the last hundred years is absolutely insane so um that was something i was i just kind of thought of i was like you know i think what you're talking about with instagramification i think the thing that's lost there is everybody so focused on entertaining themselves that we've completely lost focus of working at developing new things and and developing new technologies and the and the next best thing and there are people out there that do it it's just i think it's less of the population because we're less willing to work because we're more concerned about you know what's on tiktok yeah well it's it's sad to see because you think about where america started from we all came here on boats you know across the sea Mm-hmm. And we didn't have anything, so we had to start from scratch. And it still is, like, I think very prominent in how, like, if you're going to start something, you have to start from scratch, you know? Like, mm-hmm. you're setting up this podcast or uh, other business ventures. It's, like, you have to have an idea, then you have to find the resources, then you have to put the work in to make it happen. Um, and so that naivety naivete of just saying oh i can just sit back and things will happen it's, it isn't true and it robs the individual of the uh, reward of work uh-huh. so they don't see the good that they could do through, through their own hands and then it robs other people that they're like connected to in life of the good that they could have gotten from their hard work you know Exactly. And so, like, the reason America has been so strong is because we've all been very willing to work very hard, long hours, use our minds in ways that we wouldn't normally think about it. We have, like, a very out-of-the-box, innovative mindset. Um, And, I don't know, I think it's... I mean, I wouldn't want to lose that. I mean, I think all of us could say for sure that working every day is much more rewarding than just taking it easy. You know, like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We, you feel like you can only really rest after, you know, you worked hard. Mm-hmm. Like, exactly. Uh, like, the athletes I've noticed are the, the best people who rest after the workout are usually the ones who did the most reps. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, I think there's something ultimate really I mean I think it comes down to the reward of it cuz I mean if you're just you're just taking, you know, your your rest for granted if you haven't actually put in the effort. You know, you don't actually understand the idea of resting if you're always resting, right? If you're always lazy, <laughs> then you're not going I mean you're always I mean you're quite honestly always resting. Um and uh yeah, no, yeah, I agree. I think it's um I think it's a disease. I think it's a a disease of the mind that's, you know, 
penetrated itself into our uh, our psyches in this country, and uh, it, can, it it continues to get passed down. And I think it's just I think it stems from people that aren't forced to work hard for things, and I I, I guess um, that's one of the things with you know not really understanding what it means to earn a dollar or being given things by the government, whatever it might be, right? And and those things all lead to the to the deterioration of a work ethic. Um I was listening to this guy talk today and he's a bodybuilder and he's got a uh sh- shout out to Seth Verosi. Um he's a owner of a company um I think they're based out of Pittsburgh. And he, um, his brand is all based around this idea of HWMF, and it stands for hardworking motherfucker, uh, which, which I think is kind of badass. Um, and, and I, and I like it because everything he does and preaches is, you know, you have to put in the work, you know, whether it was him doing bodybuilding or him starting a business, it's all this idea is he, he says he's in the business of building bad MFers. Which I which I love, and, and hardworking MFers, which I think is great because that's what started this nation. That's what made this nation great, and that's what you know I think will continue to uh, to to keep this nation going. And if we don't have enough of them, then I hate to say it, but I think uh, the outlook for the United States of America isn't too great. We have to have people that are willing to put in put in the work, get their hands dirty a little bit, and and get stuff done. Yeah, it is interesting, too, just to think that, as you mentioned earlier, Aiden, um, regarding the Romans and how they face the same issues of complacency that we are seeing now in our country. Um, You know, they say the phrase, history repeats itself. (laughs) I mean, I'm a big, big believer in that, (laughs) that we kind of go through cycles, um, especially in terms of prosperity. Mm-hmm. yeah I, I i always say that um you know countries might change but people never change and um you kind of get that sense i mean you, like you said history repeats itself you know the, the the name of the country might change but at the end of the day every nation that's been great has fallen up until this point i mean look at the british empire for instance the british empire you know just about what oh little over a hundred years ago stretched literally across the globe and now they're sequestered to (laughs) a tiny little island basically and um and so it's i mean it's it just shows you how quickly you can go from being the world's largest influence the world's largest superpower to basically nothing um, but it also, it also, it also shows you how quickly, um, you know, your freedoms can disappear as well. If you look at a lot of these, a lot of these countries, you know, overnight taken over by, you know, a rival, a rival, a rivalry country, you know, especially in the Middle East, I would say, you know, governments toppled and, you know, citizens are kind of in the state of upheaval. And, uh, unfortunately, a lot of times they lose every 
not only not only their rights that were you know that they've you know, been given by their government but also you know just basic human rights if you look at a lot of these middle eastern countries and the things that happen in there and it happens overnight so i think that's another thing too is like a lot of the freedoms that we've been given we can't take for granted we have to fight for because if we just let them to fall to the wayside and kind of forget about them and just take them for granted like i would say 99% of us do then they disappear slow they might it might happen slowly over time as the government takes more and more control or it might happen you know in the case of an invasion it just it just kind of depends but either way if if you take for granted what you have and you don't appreciate it you don't fight for it it will eventually disappear i mean inevitably so um, I think that's I think that's kind of the foresight that the founding fathers had in, in making a bit of a transition here, but um, kind of leading into this. I think that's the foresight they had for um, a lot of the rights that they gave us in the Constitution, whether it's free speech or the, the Second Amendment. And um, and the in the Constitution, um, I think it's important to realize wasn't made to tell the people what rights they, you know, could have, but it was actually a limitation of what the government could and couldn't do. And the only reason that was the case, and that's the only reason that, I think one of the main reasons I should say that the founding fathers did that, and, and we have the constitution today, is because they came from, or they left a country that was dictated by a monarchy and was controlled by one man and they knew you know the the devastation that that has to a nation when one or a small group of people control everything it takes the power away from the people and so the constitution was a way for them to ensure that the US America would stay a nation which was governed by its own people. And I think that this idea of self-governance governance was something that, I mean, it was, it was, it was an experiment. It had never been tried before. And in a way it's, it's still playing itself out. We're, we're still seeing, you know, we're still kind of experience. We're still in a learning phase, I would say, because I mean, I mean, we're still a young country, but I think the, the foresight that the founding fathers had when they, when they, you know, drafted and and it's and, um, and stated the Constitution, I think it it's it's powerful even today. And if you read through it, and and we can kind of go through this, I think, especially in regards to the Second Amendment, a lot of the foresight they had is really, I mean, just amazing. Um, I mean, it almost seems like it was written yesterday, you know, not two hundred plus years ago. So. Um, I think it's uh I think it's important. I think a, a lot of people forget this too, but like I said, the Constitution wasn't made to tell the people what they could and couldn't do, but it was to tell the government what the government couldn't couldn't do. It was a limitation on government, um, which is kind of falling to the wayside as we speak. <laughs> yeah, that might be a a great transition into like our, our thoughts on the Second Amendment. 
Yeah, I think there's I think there's so much um I think there's so much relevance there um today. I think I think the second amend second amendment something we often take for granted and I think probably a, a good portion of the population understands what it what it means but maybe we can maybe what we can do is just start by kind of reading through it. I know you guys both have a pretty awesome book that lays it all out. So maybe one of you guys could just give us like a brief like snapshot of the second amendment. Um, and, and maybe we could just like walk through and discuss it because I think, I think while a lot of people might, you know, know about the second amendment or even, you know, um, the first amendment, I, I think a lot of people haven't actually sat there and read it. Um, so I think it'd be kind of cool just to just read even a snippet of it real quick, just to get a sense of, you know, what the founding fathers were trying to get across when they wrote it. Yeah, I got a little snippet pulled up here. I can, can share. Sweet. Um, so it's under under Article Two of the Articles in Addition to an Amendment of the Constitution of the United States, and it runs a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Mm. So lots of yeah, lots to unpack in a little <laughs> short little sentence. Yeah, no, too, right? right. Yeah, I think. I think my biggest takeaway from it is I think a lot of times too, especially people that are like anti second amendment, um, they'll argue, you know, well, it's not telling, you know, it's, it's talking about the militia. Right. And they always seem to like separate the people from the militia, but I don't think they understand or understand really, you know, who the militia is. And if you get to that second part, I would say, it's pretty clear that the militia is the people and the militias at the time were the, the people it was, you know, a militia was just kind of a group. I mean, I don't want to say like kind of a, a um, random group of people, but I mean, the mo- it was, it was, it was, you know, a town militia was just, you know, people, regular people, right. It wasn't something that was very organized. It wasn't like we're talking about um, an institution like the U S army or, the National Guard or something like this. The militia was the people. And the idea was that if you if you have a population, if you have a, a if all your citizens are able to present, possess and bear arms, you know, they'll be able to better protect themselves and the other freedoms that they've been granted, right? And so I think that's something that's like really important that people oftentimes forget is like, you know, this isn't talking about, you know, the army. <laughs> this isn't talking about a organized government run group of people. This is talking about, you know, you, me, you know, who you know, the average citizen. And also what people oftentimes forget is, like I said, this isn't meant to tell us what we can and can't do as citizens. This is meant to tell the government what they can and can't do which means if this is talking about us as citizens and our ability to carry arms it means that the government has no business saying 
you can and can't carry a firearm and or protect yourself for that matter and it doesn't mention anything about the type of firearm people are you know well they were talking about muskets back then well guess what the musket when the founding fathers wrote this was the most high-tech firearm there was and the people that actually fought in the revolutionary war had better weapons um then would have been issued by the government. This was the same thing through the Civil War too. The private individuals that came to fight the war actually had better weapons and better firearms than the government issued ones. So I think it's kind of funny when people always argue this. Well, you know, they you're not supposed to have anything that's military issued, blah, 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 blah. But historically, the people that have come and, and it's always it's always the common person. You know, during the Civil War, when people fought in the Civil War, you know, the common persons the common people when they came to fight you know, all those men that died, they brought their own firearm. And most of the time they were better than, you know, what was given to them. Same thing, you know, throughout World War One and World War Two. So I think it's kind of silly to make this argument. Um, you know, technology changes, so do so does firearm technology. So it's silly to say you can't have a AR fifteen in twenty twenty two when when that's you know the standard when when that's the standard technology for the time i think it's kind of i think it's kind of funny um but well, that's yeah that's really a good point aiden because it's it doesn't even say firearm it just says arm so that's just true yeah yeah it's yeah. like whatever weapon would keep the free state exactly and those weapons will change based upon time and place and the state and all of that. Exactly. Exactly. And I think, I think the reason, I think one of the reasons that this, you know, the second amendment is so important is because if you look historically, like I said, the citizens were bringing their firearms to battle. It wasn't the government providing it, you know? So if you didn't have an arms population, I would venture to say we would have a I, – I don't want to say different outcomes to a lot of the the large wars we fought in. But if you look at – I mean like if you didn't have an armed population, how are they supposed to you know, rise up and fight back against Tyrion? How are they supposed to – you know, I mean if they were bringing better firearms to battle as, a, as an average citizen than what was provided to them by the government, I mean – I don't, I, I, yeah, it's just, it's, it seems, it seems like a silly, a silly argument to make that, you know, for some reason, us as citizens can't own something that, you know, is also being used by the government. Because also, if we're supposed to stand up against tyranny, how does it make any sort of sense that we, you know, run around with a, a pump action shotgun? against people that are you know invading our country with ak-47s or ar-15s how are we supposed to defend our country you know so i think that's i think it's kind of silly yeah that brings to mind another argument against the amendment in one highly favored by the current president which is that you know it's like the second amendment is outdated they say mm -hmm. because the government's simply too powerful now for the citizens to fight back with their nukes f-15s as the saying goes 
Um, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't shoot down an F15 with a, right. <laughs> with an AR or something like that, right? Exactly. Uh, but I think what gets uh, lost in translation in what several of the founding fathers actually stated as their interpretation of the amendment is that it's not necessarily to be used as a um is a defense that would overthrow the government for certain it's more so um a right mm-hmm. and a preservation of dignity in order to in the event of a tyrannical regime mm-hmm. to go down fighting as opposed to simply allowing them to um overrun you so i think that's another yeah another a rebuttal to that that popular argument yeah no that I, makes sense yeah that that makes a lot of sense um i think i we just we just watched that video and and we'll we'll link this video because i think it's i think it's really um i think it's really um relevant to what we're talking about right now but it was it was talking about um kind of the same thing you were just saying how a lot of people argue that the second amendment's outdated or been misinterpreted for the use of second amendment you know advocates and and gun lobbyists and all this stuff to make money um but i think one of the quotes in there was uh thomas jefferson to james madison and he said that um uh, something along the lines of a country can preserve its liberties if their rulers are um warned time to time that their people you know preserve the spirit of resistance um and then he said something along the lines of like let them take arms or something like that i think that's really powerful because it um i think it you know hopefully we don't see a day where we have to take up arms against the government but i think it reminds us of our independence and hopefully our non-reliance on the government the government you know is there to do or is supposed to be there to do very little we're not supposed to rely on the government you know mm-hmm. we are in charge of our own protection and we are in charge of maintaining our own freedom and that's what the constitution's all about right like that's what the founding fathers wanted we're in charge of that the government doesn't get to tell us how we you know preserve our freedom um and so i think that's the importance of the second amendment is because it gives every man kind of an equal power to protect themselves and protect their freedom and you know without that it kind of turns us into slaves in a certain sense because we're slave and not the sense that the government's you know sitting there with an iron fist and saying you must do this or you must do that but it it makes us it makes us completely reliant for their protection it makes us completely reliant it takes away all our freedom all our independence all our autonomy um and i think that's something that's kind of crazy to think about because if if let's let's just say for instance if tomorrow you know your house is you know broken into and an armed robber comes in and you don't have a gun right you can call the police but the police aren't gonna be there for i mean i think the average response time in most places is like two minutes right 
and 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 I'm not dogging on the police in any way, shape, or form here, but the police aren't in. Uh, they're there to assist you into your protection, but they're not there to a hundred percent ensure your protection. Right, your protection is completely up to you. You're, you know, you're completely, or you should look at it this way: as you are completely responsible for your own safety, your own protection, and the protection of those who are around you and your loved ones and your possessions. Right, that's why we have castle laws. We have castle laws because, you know, it's not up to the government to to be there 24 seven to protect you. It's, it's, it's up to you. And, um, and that's the power that the second amendment gives. And, and I think that's why it's, uh, I think for people that want to have control, especially in our government, I think that's why it's so scary, right? Is because it gives people the freedom to be autonomous from the government. Um, so it, it it takes away that the that that power that they can you know kind of hold over our heads is you know we're you know we're protecting you we're here to protect you well actually I'm in charge of my own protection if you want to help a little bit you can help a little bit right <laughs> but <laughs> but I'm in charge of that that's 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 up to me uh, as a as an individual as a citizen to, and and that's a that's a God given right and that's not just something you know, that our founding fathers gave us in the constitution, but they gave, they, they, they codified it through the constitution as a God given right. So yeah, I think that's another like important point to hold is, you know, you're in charge of your own, your own safety. Um, there's really no, <laughs> no, no way, shape or form about that. You have to take responsibility for it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if you guys, I have a couple of quotes here. I think you, you like um, the first one is from Jefferson talking about how we are the, the people are the ones that preserve our liberty. Mm. He says that, uh, quote, the people are the only sure alliance for the preservation of our liberty. Of our liberty. Uh, that's what he wrote to uh, James Madison in 1787. And then um, John Adams, not sure the context for this quote, but he said that, quote, arms in the hands of individual citizens may be used at individual discretion for the defense of the country, the overthrow of tyranny, or in private self-defense. Hmm. So they are, they are saying, what we're saying is that, um, I think you said that really well, Aiden, how the government isn't here to preserve our liberty, but mm -hmm. we are. Mm -hmm. And um, there's no real reason why those people elected in office have a right to say how we should defend our lives. You know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's, it seems very ridiculous to think that because there's no philosophical or logical argument that would state that yeah and for them to like try to control us more is just showing the true colors of them trying to be that tyrannical force because that's a self-serving um, ideology that they have and so 
us being able to say, no, this is our lives and our freedom is so important because then it's saying that the government is here to, to serve us, the people, not us serve the state, which has been the biggest like difference between America and socialism and the rest of the world because that's the people serve the state and the state is the greatest thing. But in America, it was no, we came here to freely worship God mm -hmm. and to find him in the best ways possible. Mm -hmm. And to do that, we need to have the most freedom. And so that's why our founding fathers put these amendments in place is because they knew that we had to have a way to defend ourselves in order to live the lives that are most conducive towards loving God and our neighbor. Yeah. Yeah. Very well said. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I think, you know, that might, that might, I, I don't have much more to add there. That might be a good way to wrap up our, our thoughts here. I know that we're closing in about an hour, but I think that was, that was perfectly said. I think that, um, you know, we as Americans have been given these gifts um, by God, and, and we were lucky enough to have them codified by our founding fathers in our Constitution in a way which um, hopefully will preserve them till, you know, inevitably it will it'll happen, but until this nation falls. Um, but it's our it's our duty as American citizens, um, and I guess this is the way we should end the podcast. I think it's our duty as Americans, and um, in in an effort to dis rediscover what it means to be American, I think it's important to realize that each and every one of us has a responsibility and a duty which has been it given to us to to fight for, to work to preserve our rights and our freedoms. And if we want to maintain the rights and the freedoms which we've been given, um, we can't just sit there idle and take them for granted. And and we really need to fight. Um, we need to work together. Actually, is 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 a better way of putting. It. We need to work together to make sure that those are freedoms that are never lost. Um. So I guess my just final thought for today is. You know, this week, I guess I know I'll be thinking about, it, but maybe just think about, you know, what are some of the freedoms that you take for granted and, and what are some of the ways that you can um, be a better American, be the, be the, be the American that you ought to be, um, preserve uh, the rights that you have and help others preserve that the rights that they've been given, um, whether that's their second amendment right whether it's a right to free speech whatever it might be so um yeah that's kind of my that's my final thoughts for today you guys got any others it seems pretty good to me do you have anything jake no you know i think uh just signing off um what you said uh about how our country is founded on the principles of loving god and neighbor I think that's really what sets us apart from other countries. And again, 
as you both just touched upon, not taking that for granted is really the most important thing in this day and age. Mm-hmm. But that's all I got. All right, guys. Well, signing off for today. Um, this week, be be safe. Um, be a good neighbor. Uh, but most importantly, be a proud American. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah.